I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. And today we have somebody who is very well known to us because she is my mother and she is Mike's mother-in-law. So we have Dr. Christian Northrup on talking about her brand new book. It's called Dodging Energy Vampires. And the subtitle is An Empath's Guide to Evading Relationships That Drain You and Restoring Your Health and Power. So this is a very powerful book, I have to say. I have found myself recommending it to countless people over the last couple of weeks since I got my advanced copy. But you'll hear within the episode why when the book showed up on my doorstep, I could not get myself to read it. So you're going to hear a little insider scoop around why this book triggered me so much and kind of talking about that. Mike also shared some of his own personal triggers during the episode. It was just a, this was a good episode. Yeah, I like it. And basically to kind of sum it up, and I'll just put it in Mike's speak instead of kind of the title. There's people in our lives that suck us dry of when we're trying to do things. Right. And so it's recognized, and that's what Chris was talking about, or Christian, Dr. Dr. Northrup was talking about dodging energy vampires. It's recognizing who those people are in our lives. And this is a term I never really heard of before. This wasn't something I was familiar with, but it's a real deal. So it was really cool to get her hit on from a scientific perspective. And then we also broke it down on like why she wrote the book, you know, because it's like there's that common theme about what we, teach what we, we need to we learn teach what we need to learn so i wanted to know more about exactly what that was she went through learning you know and how that kind of changed what she ended up learning with this how that's going to relate moving forward in her life mm. so yeah i thought that was pretty cool and what's really cool about the book is she's combined not only her own life experience her friends experience her patients experience but also real mm. life data from dr sandra brown and this other expert, which I cannot recall his name, but she refers to him quite a few times in the episode about really, this is real. Like energy vampires is not like a woo woo thing that we talk about. There's actually, they're called cluster B people and it's actually a psychiatric phenomenon. And so I found it really interesting and this will help so many of you in your lives to regain and restore your own energy so you can take it back and take back your power for what you want to do in the world and not just donate it to energy suckers. Yeah, and I think it's very relevant to go through this book as well as listen to the podcast today and think about like what happens on a daily basis here in the United States at this moment in time because you turn on the news, you turn on, go to CNN.com, you turn anything, like you can really throw your entire day off based off things that are happening where in retrospect, the energy to put output, to continue to bring good light and love to the world, to, I guess, you, I don't know, you could fight off that negative energy that's taking place on a daily basis can really be stopped because this negative energy is overtaking our cells, like it's overtaking our ability to do anything. I hear this quite a bit, actually. So this is a great podcast for that to really say, okay, how can I regain 
my energy when these type of things negatively affect me or take my energy away. Awesome. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Mom. Welcome Hi. on the show. Hi. What a, how it's so fun to be back. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. So this new book, Dodging Energy Vampires, I have been finding myself recommending it to a lot of people when they'll tell me about, you know, this person or that person or whatever. So let's just start off by identifying what it is you mean by an energy vampire. I think most of us can have a visceral sense of what that means, Mm -hmm. but let's really nail it down. All right, let me give you the clinical stuff, but I want you to not get hung up on semantics because an energy vampire is really anyone who drains your energy. But let me give you the clinical stuff. In psychiatry, these people are called cluster B individuals. If you were to Google... Why does it... What is cluster B? Cluster B is a whole group of characteristics. Cluster A and cluster C? Not that I know of. Okay. Cluster B is borderline personality disorder, histrionic, sociopathy, antisocial, and narcissistic. And there are differences but they kind of share a spectrum and it's called a character disorder. And when I say character disorder, they don't have the same moral fiber as you wish. And if you are an empath, and the subtitle of the book is An Empath's Guide to Evading Relationships that Drain You and Restoring Your Health and Power. And the mistake that we make as empathic, compassionate humans, is that these people think like we do and they act like they do because of childhood pain, that they they were hurt in childhood because it's the only reason you or I would act this way is if we were trying to cover over some childhood pain. They don't. They're actually manipulating you for their own benefit, and many of them know exactly what they're doing. So Dr. George Simon, who wrote a book called In Sheep's Clothing, you know, about manipulative people, he said, you need to think about the fact that they are actually fighting, but in a passive aggressive way. They're fighting for control to get your energy. Now, that's your basic cluster B, and that's about one in five people. Psychopaths, is a whole that's a whole different deal these people are completely without conscience these are the ones we think about with the jeffrey dahmer and that kind of group that's one in 25 people and it's important that's still a lot that's a hundred thousand in new york city alone and most of them are not one in 25 jail. people are psychopaths yeah that's the data wow from isn't that terrifying from yeah from yeah. a book called without conscience by robert Hare. Okay. now you can split hairs like how many are there really but remember that most of them are operating under the radar their ceos you know the guy who was just taken down for charging five thousand dollars per dose of the hiv medication yeah martin uh shaliki or something yeah these guys i mean this actually kind of makes sense like when you think about like what's going on in society at this point in time and how yeah okay and what happens is we feel the need to protect them because they have often a lot of power and they manipulate you so that you don't dare to say anything. Let's look at how long Harvey Weinstein had the whole thing going on, 30 years, or 
when you look at whoever that Myers guy, the very famous architect who's now 83, and he built the Getty Center. One woman who's 70 years old just came forward with her story of, you know, she's a young woman. She goes in to work for him. He takes down his pants. He's, you know, then he's trying to get on top of her. She's completely terrified. She runs. She goes to the end of the driveway. This was just in the New York Times. And she just sobs, but never told anybody because she said, that's the time I was brought up. Because up until very recently, we haven't believed the victims. So you learn early on, don't say anything because they have more power than you do. What's happening right now is we're finally beginning to see what the psychopaths are doing, you know, and calling them out. Let's look at what's happened just since October of 2017. Yeah. Who would ever have believed Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, on and on and on it goes. But when this is important. When you meet these people, some of whom I've met, they're charming. There's a wonderful phrase called charmeleon, charm alarm. When someone's that charming, when they give gifts, when they... It should uh, be a red flag. uh, It should be a red flag. I talked to a, a woman recently. She said her former husband literally memorized everyone's name, everyone's birthday, everyone's anniversary, not because he cared, but because it got him a lot of what's called narcissistic supply. So he shows up at the country club. Oh, Joan, happy birthday. And everyone thinks, oh my God, he cares. Not really. He just wants to get, you know, a good seat at the table. And so what's important is they thrive on what's called narcissistic supply, which I refer to as talk about me good, talk about me bad, just talk about me. They're empty inside because the only real power is your source, your connection with the divine, but they use you to fuel their lives. So what they're interested in is fame, money, sex, status. That's what narcissistic supply is. If you are an empath, particularly an old soul empath. You're full of light. Chances are very good, and this is another subject which we can get into, but chances are very good that you aren't driven by celebrity, looking good, all of that. You've been around enough to know that the only sustainable happiness is an inside job and your own community and all. Yeah, it's nice to have a New York Times bestseller and all that, but it's not going to change how you... Your actual life. No, and I, and I can tell you, because I've had three New York Times bestsellers, it's like that movie, Almost Famous, where Philip Seymour Hoffman says, hey, kid, you're not cool. The only currency in human interactions worth anything is what people say to each other when they're not being cool. So I can tell you because I've been on Oprah and I've done all that, that doesn't keep you warm at night. What keeps you warm at night is how well are you getting along with your family? How well is your community going? Does your dog like you? I mean, these are the things... If your dog doesn't like you, you have a problem. You are in trouble. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So the cluster B people, every family has one because it's one in five people. And what I like to say, because it's true, they are a huge public health problem because they're not recognized. In court, you know, we have, if you go through a divorce, they've got all these things, you know, like kids first, and and they have all of the, or for guys, let's say, with anger management. If you don't understand this character disorder 
all the anger management in the world, all the therapy in the world does not help. All it does, it gives them more ammunition to manipulate you in the future because a lot of them have had a lot of couch time. They're wonderful spouses. Oh God, he gets it. And you go to the therapist and he cries, a couple of crocodile tears, or she does because obviously this goes both ways. Is there one more mm. than the other? What do you mean? Are there more cluster B women than men or or There are more borderline or... women than men. What is a cluster B? Um, this is borderline personality. Humans. <laughs> narcissistic personality, antisocial histrionic it's a cluster it's the okay. five Symptoms. character disorders of people who don't have the same kind of empathic wiring that we think they do because we do yeah and then i so want to say they're wired differently that's right there's like a they spectrum. really don't care so much about other people but there's a spectrum this part is really important very important so people can have narcissistic traits so you like know, they're, they're a little self-absorbed they're self-absorbed but if you call them on it they're well, like oh oops well here's when they change when there's a big threat of losing status, money, a marriage. This is the only time that they change, and it's very, very rare. They I, I sometimes think, change, but not uh, very often. Yeah, it's very, very rare. I've seen it once in my entire career. The reason that I bring it up is that George Simon talks about this, a, a world expert on this. And by the way, he used to teach therapists about this 25 years ago. The therapist would walk out of the room. They didn't want to hear it because if you're a therapist, you're drawn to this because you want to help people. Of course. And so you don't want to hear that there are some people who can't be helped. That's You don't want to hear that. Why do you think like in the divine order, in the uh -huh. divine orchestration, there are people like this? That's such a great question. I think there's two reasons. One, they're baby souls and they just haven't been here before. And they somehow think that winning uh, American Idol or being rich and famous is going to get them there. They're young souls. That is not and to then, say that all American Idol participants no, no, no. are I'm, energy vampires. No, not even, not even close. An and then I also think that they are here to strengthen those of us who are highly sensitive people. So you'll notice in the acknowledgments of this book, the very first acknowledgement I have is to all the energy vampires in my life. Thank you. I would not be who I am without them. And there have been so many. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I, I just have and to now say, we're getting it good, guys. Here no, we go. I mean, Kate and I went out to lunch. I want everyone to know this. It's important. And she said, geez, Mom, you know, I've liked all your books, but this one's really triggering me. I was really, like, I was having this thing where every time Mom would talk about this book, I got irritated. And that is weird for me because, like, generally speaking, I really support what you're doing and I like being on your team and I like, you know, energetically and literally promoting what you're doing. And I just couldn't. And the book got dropped off and I was just <laughs> like, I didn't want to look at it. And I was so annoyed. So I worked with my own coach around that because I was like, what is up? Yeah. And so then I told you, you can say what I told you. Well, basically, as Kate went through the book, she was because I was no, the, I couldn't even go through the book. She couldn't read it. I was reading it. Wow. I've now I have read the book, but until that conversation, yeah, I couldn't even. Okay, read now the book. here's why, and I wanted to talk about this because I thought it was so important. So we empaths see ourselves as victims of energy vampires, which, in some regard, we are, though we're participating in it fully from a place that's unconscious in us. So yeah. usually the um, rescuer, martyr, the right. self-sacrificer. 
And when we do that, so when we're under the spell of an energy vampire, which I have been, we are apt to throw our own children under the bus. And I think this is so important because you think, oh my God, I'm the sensitive one and nobody understands me. That's bullshit. It's like you have a part of you that is so needy because what the energy vampire does, how do they work? This is important. They take the thing that you've wanted to hear your whole life. They take that archetypal wound and then they love bomb you and then you think, oh God, someone finally gets me. Now, chances are very good that family members or your own children will see the tactics. They'll call out the tactics, but you will run to protect the energy vampire who is telling you what you've always longed to hear. Because it feels good on some level. Because it feels amazing. If yeah, you it feels have, amazing. If you had a parent, this is the most typical, a parent who was an energy vampire, then you never got your needs met. So then you are set up, you're imprinted for that to feel like love. Only this time, instead of a parent who's ignoring you or who you can't measure up to, you get someone who has, I call it malignant intuition. They know exactly what you need to hear. And this is how we get sucked in. Now, I want to talk about another kind of person who is most apt to get sucked in. And that is a person with what Brown, what's her? Sandra Brown. Sandra Brown calls super traits. And she has done this research at Purdue of over 600 women. Purdue. Yep, Purdue. First of all, she saw it in in her own work and then had the research corroborated at Purdue so that, you know, she could say, okay, what I'm seeing holds water. And here's what she found. It's a subgroup of empaths. Men have this as well, of women, because that's who she studied, who are loyal. They're self-starters. They're highly successful. They're can do. We see red flags. Now, this is important. We see red flags, but we think This does not apply to us because we are so good at uplifting whatever endeavor we're in and making things work that we honestly believe we can save these people. And that's the deadly truth. We can't. And therefore, you'll stay in these relationships 25, 30 years. The number one question that I was asked on my Hay House webinar on this subject was what do you do when you wake up and you realize you've been married to one of these people for 25, 30 years? And the thing is, if you have super traits, you will keep believing that if you were loving enough, if you were kind enough, they would change. And when they sense you're about to withdraw your energy, they'll throw you a bone, they'll throw you a crumb, and you'll think, oh, God, he does love me. He's going to change. And then the horrible part is this. When you finally get the courage to leave. And by the way, 75% of the women who've been in relationship with these characters have autoimmune disorders. Right. So lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, adrenal fatigue, you name it, breast cancer, very, very common. When you finally get up the courage to leave and you're usually very depleted, This is what happens, and it's very hard to watch, and that is your energy vampire will be in relationship with another woman 
generally within two to three months. And you'll sit there and you'll say, I can't believe it. Did he ever really love me? And I think that it's difficult to watch. And people of goodwill who are very heartfelt, we believe that our love can uplift and save things. And in every other situation, it does, but not this one. Right. And so I want to bring that up because as Dr. Simon says, I would like to help people not stay so long. Yeah. Like, you know, get out sooner. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, can these people ever be helped? The only help is this. Uh, cognitive. Wait, wait, what people? The vampire. Okay. Invariably, the empath's question is, well, how can I help him or her? You know, I love this individual. How can I help them? You need to understand that the help will come from them wanting to change. As so doctors Which also applies to everybody, to everybody, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. But in this case, so there's nothing you can do. What the empath typically does is they go to a seminar or they read a book or they do and they bring it home. Hey, honey, I think this would help. Or let's go to couples therapy or let's do this thing. And it takes the pressure off just momentarily, but it doesn't change what has to happen. Let me tell you the, the case where the one person that I saw change anything. She was ready to walk on the marriage. She had an apartment rented. She was ready. We're done we're done. And he got down on his knees weeping and got into therapy with somebody who knows narcissism. You have to go to a therapist who understands personality disorder and who can hold the person in unconditional love, but call them on their tactics at the same time. It's like, you know, let's say that the guy hits her. Well, she made me do it. She's been busting my balls all day. Like, really, dude? She made you do it? Did she get into your motor cortex and move your arm? Probably not. So you have to have someone very skilled in calling them on their bullshit. And generally, as Dr. Simon said, the men he's seen, they don't change until they're in their 60s. And they look in the mirror and they genuinely do not like who they are. But it's rare and it takes contrition. Contrition means being broken into a thousand pieces where they will do anything to make it right. You don't need to monitor them. You don't need to look their way. They will do whatever it takes to make it right. Kind of like the fourth step of uh, the 12 step program where you make your amends to those that you have hurt. But it's rare because why is it rare? Because our society is built up to protect these guys or women to protect them and uh and you feel well it's i will just say like having been around some energy vampires who you know were around when i was a kid but then also as an adult of course i can see why society is built around supporting them or protecting them because it's confusing very confusing it's it's very it's just i recently had an interaction with someone and i got off the phone And I have been aware that this person is a little off, but I've been able to work with it. And then I, I got off the phone and I felt sick to my stomach. I felt like I was going to throw up. I had brain fog the rest of the day. I had to go to bed for two hours (laughs) and I was so confused by the interaction. And I realized, oh, well, 
that's because I've been manipulated. Right. And and here's the thing. But what was the final thing that you can take to the bank? What was the thing where you knew it? Um, Not cognitively, by the way. Knew what? Knew that something was off. I'm going to just make the, as the author of Women's Ooh. Bodies, Women's Oh, Wisdom, well, it was just that my body felt like the nausea and the just feeling the brain fog. My body was just like, I felt... I felt sick. Okay. So that's how I knew. That's how you know. So I just got a letter from a a woman, friend of mine. She's dating two different guys. One, when he shows up at the door, her stomach flip-flops. Her body knows. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. (laughs) Because that can sometimes be a good thing. No, no. The other guy, the nice guy, is fine. So your body will tell you. But if you were brought up with a narcissistic parent chances are very good you were talked out of what your body knows at a very very young age and remember sandra brown says they are sicker than you are smart we can't believe that they think the way they do because in a million years we never would or never could no it's it's horrifying and the other thing is this (laughs) you're trying to help them but there's no amount of recognition by you blowing their horn for them or featuring them that's enough and it's interesting but they prey on your guilt that you somehow didn't do enough for them yeah shall i um i got a recent letter and i wanted to do a parody of this letter so that you know i I don't need to throw her under the bus but imagine if you will everybody if i wrote this letter to oprah okay all right dear oprah It was such a joy to be on your show, and I'm so glad that you've had about a million people watching the episode with me. And now that we have completed this interview, what's next? I've spent personally about, you know, 25, 30 years successfully focusing on women's health, and now it's time to expand my reach and empower all women to reclaim their power, health, and happiness. You are the authority, the global authority on uplifting people. And as such, you are ideally positioned to help me reach a broader audience so that I can carry out my purpose and passion in life. I foresee me helping you produce your next television special and then sharing it with my community. As a silent mentor of mine for decades, you have guided me thus far. Would you be willing to be my mentor, Oprah, so I can be more and give more to this world of women suffering and desperate for leaders of light? I envision a monthly phone call of connection and guidance. Together, you and I could move mountains. When would you be available for a chat? I can't wait to talk to you. Okay, now listen, I really got this letter from a person whose social media I had been on because I thought she was doing good work. And then I get this letter. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Unearned authority is very much part of the energy vampire thing. Like, I'm the best thing that ever happened. And how can you help me? It's very bizarre. Yeah. It's very bizarre. And it's very, it's confusing because you're like, I mean, that letter is not particularly confusing. It's just odd. But uh, yeah, but it, it can be. It can, I've, I've had moments of confusion because it's just like, wait, is this really happening? Wait, what should I? What? And so if you're listening and you have somebody in your life who after interacting with them, you feel confused or like you're losing your mind, chances are good they are an energy vampire. 
There's another thing, okay, and that is they change the story a lot to Ah. get you confused. And so when you feel the need to take notes or to write things down, because later they're going to deny that they said that, whenever you feel like you got to walk around with a voice memos or a recording device, then you know you're dealing with one of these people because they don't own they're part of like things. They said. I have and never felt that way. I'm so grateful. Oh, well, that's really good. Jeez. Okay. Um, I did want to... Chris, have you, oh. Have oh, you yeah. walked around with voice recorders? She's wanted to. I have walked around for many years thinking I needed to write things down in a memo. This was before iPhones. Yeah. Now you could just yeah. record it. Well, see, at this point now, <laughs> it took me a very long time to not give these people the benefit of the doubt. I want to give you an example here. We got a phone call recently at the office from a woman who said, I have some information to share with you about someone who's part of your Dodging Energy Vampire courses, and I need to talk to you personally. But I think you need to hear this information. Now, in the past, in my practice, so we're talking in the 80s and 90s, I would have taken that call because I always have given people the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe there's something that I should know here. Any family practice or OBGYN practice is generally 20 to 30% energy vampires. They are using the doctor's office or the sick role to get energy. This person managed to go out of her way to find my phone number, even though I'm not in practice, and then to say, I want to take your course, but I need to talk to you first. It's like, who does that? I said to my assistant right off, up oh, borderline. That's a borderline. You know, they need contact. They need contact. Yeah. And I used to be a snack for these people. Well, and I just want to circle back to our conversation at lunch because we left that thread open, which was that also, if you're an empath, mm-hmm. you will, of course, be programmed. What is the definition of an empath for people oh, that don't know? Great. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you, Kate. No, no, that's, no, that's good. good. An empath is a person who feels things acutely they don't just feel themselves they feel you so you're a perfect example i remember once you were going to some kind of empowerment meeting and you would walk in and start to cry so she's feeling everyone else in the room not just her own so you don't know where you and the other begins or one of my friends said here's how i was as a kid please feel better so i don't have to be miserable You literally think that it's something's going on with you that they're angry. You relate everything to you because you're feeling, and many times with a vampire, you're feeling what they're not feeling. You're feeling the shame that they should be feeling, but they're not. You're feeling the guilt that they should be feeling that they're not. And then you think it's yours. So an empath has, there are those who are clairaudient, meaning they hear things, clairsentient, they feel things. Many of them mess up electrical equipment, you know, where your computer just stops. Sometimes I will look at my computer and it turns on and it turns off and all of the different things because your energy, it's high vibration energy, literally messes. She drains the battery to my Prius the other day. Yeah, I did. Uh, Sometimes (laughs) you stuck a daycare with Penelope. Yeah, you can't wear a parking lot. uh, Yep. Can't wear a watch. I can't can't wear an analog watch because they stop. They stop. And so it is somebody with extremely high vibration energy that's just sensitive to what is not said, what is not talked about, 
and therefore you feel crazy. Now, you mentioned something where you... Oh, hmm. speaking of the Prius, do we send yeah. you the bill? Yeah. How does that work? No. I don't know. Do empaths get the bills for shutting down electronics <laughs> of other people's? Or? She was trying to help <laughs> no, us I... by picking up our daughter at daycare. <laughs> but then I had to go pick up both of them. It That's was, right. It was pretty uh, hilarious. I think that we could probably keep a ledger if you want and uh, the babysitting yeah, uh, fee. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to talk anyway. about cognitive dissonance because this okay. is important. Cognitive dissonance was a theory put forth by a guy named Leon Festinger in the 1950s. And he studied a cult, all of whom believed that there was going to be a flood. And so they were talked into buying houses that weren't on the floodplain or whatever. And then when the flood never came, and the people had sold all their worldly goods to buy these new houses, he studied two groups, the inner circle, the ones who had really bought into the cult, and then those who were more on the fringes. The ones who were more on the fringes said, oh, we just chalk it up to experience. I guess we got sucked in. The true believers said, our prayers and our faith kept the flood from happening. We need consistency in our beliefs, because if we don't have it, it leads to what's called cognitive dissonance, which is very uncomfortable. So imagine you're living with a person you love, and you believe, as an empath, that everyone's good at heart, and that we're all doing the best we can, and that with enough of your love and compassion, we would all rise together. So that's your basic belief. But you've got a person you're living with who time after time after time after time challenges that. It leads to cognitive dissonance. And in fact, people who've lived with these people a long time actually develop executive function disorders in their brain. And then they can be helped with EMDR, the rapid eye movement stuff, with tapping. But wow. they got to get out of there. Because it's also called gaslighting from that movie Gaslight, yep. where the guy wants to make the woman crazy, so he keeps turning down the gaslights and then telling her he didn't do it. Oh, that's where that term that's comes where from. That's where that term comes from. That term comes hmm. from. Yeah. Okay. So that's really helpful to identify. I would imagine many of our listeners would identify as empaths. Of course. So I just wanted to say that if you are one of those people and you are in relationship with an energy vampire, whether it's a spouse or a friend or whatever, a child, it can be a it child be or one a of parent. Your children, that it's important to know, just like we said, the reason this book triggered me so much was because as a child, I felt like I couldn't get out of those situations because you know because my mom was in relationship with very you know whatever various energy vampires and right. I didn't have a choice about whether or not to be around them and so as an added fuel to your fire as an empath yeah I just wanted to say because oftentimes we will do things to care for our children or other people that we will not do because they're good for us it's to know that another reason to change these relationships with energy vampires, and we're going to talk about how to do that next, yeah. is because it will adversely impact the people in your life who especially are minors and who don't have a choice. Like that's, you know, it's one of my big childhood traumas was not being able to have a choice about it. So as you're listening, just think about like the friends that you might be letting into your home or the way you might be interacting with family members and how by not 
putting up appropriate boundaries, you're actually putting your children at risk. That, and is, that is a really important reason to change the behavior because sometimes we just are so selfless that we won't change it for ourselves. Yeah, that's it. You know it. what I mean? Well, and here's what the sense? vampire does, and this is really important. So remember, they're preying on a weakness right. in you, okay? And therefore, they are absolutely adept at creating, painting for you, your reality. Because <laughs> they're working in a place where you have tremendous amount of doubt. So one of the typical tactics they use is called splitting. So they will try to split you from your sources of social support, split you from your parents, split you from your friends. Now, the most well-known is the woman in relationship with a batterer, where he isolates her, takes away her cell phone, moves her to a remote rural place. But it doesn't have to be that because they can, it, depending on how strong their personality is and how much you need to wake up, they're going to start telling you what's wrong with your children. And they're going to start telling you what you ought to do with your own children. And then you might throw your kid under the bus because, and this is important, they're very often extraordinarily smart. Let's be clear. These are not just, okay, there's some garden variety sociopaths. Okay, these are guys who want a nurse with a purse. They're just lazy and the woman wants a... What is a nurse with a, a purse? A nurse with a purse is... Oh my goodness. Yes, I like to think about this in Florida. So there's a bunch of widows down there, a bunch of single women, and they just want a man. So they're preyed on by these men who don't want to work. And the woman is just happy to have a man on her arm and she pays for everything. This is Got just it. really common. So that's, a, you know, the sort of shlomos of the group. But many, many are very smart. And you and I have discussed this, but man, they're smart and they have a lot to offer. Like, and damn oh, it. But they're, they, oh, but they're really, they've yeah. made a brilliant contribution. And, you, and even though, and so that's why you make excuses for them. Oh, but nobody, you know, has talked about whatever, in quite this way. They're so brilliant in that way. But what you need to understand, this is important, is that when they are not on stage, when they are not the source of all this narcissistic supply coming their way, they deflate like a balloon. There's no inner life. There's suddenly you're sitting with someone at your kitchen table who's like a deflated balloon. But man, if they're on stage, and I think a lot about gurus because I have seen this, where the guru or the minister is up there and all the young women are, oh my God, he's so, you know, he's so charismatic and all that. A psychic could actually see the life energy going out of the people right into the, the guru. So, they're like a parasite. So if you're... Let's go through a couple different scenarios. Okay. You okay. mean for, well, I have a question okay. for your mom. Yeah. So we write what we need to learn, right? Yeah. That's the rumor Absolutely. that everybody says. Yeah. So for you writing this book, before we go into the piece of like how to heal yourself for this, mm -hmm. how has being affected by energy vampires actually affected your life? Mm. Good question. So like, like when you think back to your mm -hmm. experiences, what has that like how's that affected your life it has been the primary motor in my life it was the primary motor that led me to try to heal myself 
through becoming an authority in women's health. It's the thing that led me to weep when I first saw a baby born. All the way along, I was trying to heal the baby in myself, the little girl in me. So it's why I attracted these characters. Always, because my main lesson has been coming home to me, being enough in me, so that I didn't give myself away to someone else because I thought inside I was not enough, I was not lovable, I was not whatever. And so I would say, this book, I see it as, and it's, you know, it's thin. I've written these doorstop books, mm-hmm. right? This is thin. This the is way, a quick read. The, the way I see this one, and this wrote itself, is like throwing it over my shoulder saying, here you go. This is all you need to know. Yeah. Because very, very often, what you find with a woman who has breast cancer or fibromyalgia or whatever else it is, she's living with an energy vampire and she doesn't even know that her life energy is being drained by them. So this is as far upstream as I ever need to go with health. Like mm. everyone needs to know this information. Everybody needs to know this, men and women both. And if you have this and if you see this, it's going to get you back on your genuine path to health and happiness starting with yourself. So if I had to put it in a nutshell, I would say I abandoned myself at the age of four or five when my mother had a baby that she lost and I spent the rest of my life trying to heal her. And then what kind of changed to realize, because you're no longer four or five, right? And you've had two daughters and what has changed now to write this book now? Like what happened in the last... I don't know, couple of years. Cause you wrote, I know you wrote this book in like super fast period of time. Yeah, it was like a miracle. <laughs> yeah. But like what something shifted where you're like, well, this whole, my, I've been living my whole life from the time I was four to giving my power away to all these people. And then now I'm going to start taking it back. What yeah. happened? Well, I had to do with a couple of <clears throat> friends calling me and saying that they were going through divorce. These are people who I thought were really happily married with very good looking charismatic men. And, you know, and many times almost mirroring my own experience. And then, as you know, Diane and I do divine love meditations regularly as a way to guide my business. And in one, this was a turning point. Diane saw a guy hiding in the bushes in my house who will remain unnamed. And she said, oh, my God, he's a Schmeagle. He's like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. My precious. Schmeagle? A, a, a Schmeagle. I don't know if what that's what they that call them. Mean? I don't know. But she decided that's what he was. And this is what Diane said? Yeah. She's a, he's a Schmeagle. Okay. Can we get Diane? You can get a feel for what she means. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she said... And then I had a couple of dreams about this same guy who was a body worker that I was working with. And he had, you know, sent me an email. I'll be coming up there and, you know, I'm going to kidnap you and bring you down to. And I began to get scared and I realized, wait a minute. So I had a moment that I started to see. And then I had a psychic reading with a woman and I had asked her about an energy vampire in my life. And I said, I just, who hadn't been there for a long time. I said, I just want to be sure that her energy is nowhere near me anymore. I want to make sure the house is clear because I know from working with shamans and all of that, there's a lot of unseen energy. When I was just in Chile working with shamans and so on, one of the women had reported how she'd been attacked by 
dark forces coming through shamans. I know this doesn't seem real to you, but it is. Anyway, so... Mike Watts believes it, so you should too. Okay, good. As long as Mike <laughs> believes it from Valparaiso, Indiana, you know? Okay. So I began... To, so what she told me I had to do, she said she's coming in through a book in your bedroom that she had worked on with me. And then she told me how I had to get rid of the energy and... I could go into it. It's a very funny story, but it had to do Let's with that. You want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. It was quite a story. Okay. She said, okay, she hasn't left. She hasn't left. I'm like horrified. Like, what do you mean? She hasn't left. And so she said, here's what you need to do. She comes in through that book. You got to drown it. It won't, fire won't do it. So I take the book and she said, and the cover has to be done separately from the insides of the book. And so I'm thinking... Wait, you had to like rip the cover off? I had to, and it was a well-bound book. So I'm ripping the cover off and then water. So I go over to the Royal River to the dam where on Bridge Street there. It's July, but I was remembering March. So thinking it's a torrent of water, but it isn't. So I go out on the dam, realizing there's not much water there. I lie prone because I'm trying to drown the book, but it won't drown. And then I start tearing the pages off. It's dusk. Cars are going this way, that way. Bridge Street, Route 1. So, you know, probably the whole town is seeing, well, that crazy person is out. (laughs) And I'm trying to rip the book apart. And I was going to do the cover separately. The book gets stuck on the fish ladder. So it won't go down, but at least it's underwater. So I'm trying to push it down and drown it. And I say, okay, eventually the book will disintegrate. It's underwater. Then I go back down to the bridge, throw the cover off separately, and then I watch all the pages start to come down through the fish ladder. Okay, and so that was done. Then what happened is I went through a frenzy all of that summer, I think this was 2016, of going through every picture that I had of this person and therapeutically cutting her out of every photograph that I had. It was a frenzy in my head. So I would cut it and then I would paste it together and then tape it. And so literally was working on removing that energy, but that's just one. Okay. That's just one. But, and then I burned (coughs) every file we'd ever worked on. I had a fire pit. So I had these big piles of paper, every file that she had ever touched, and I just burned all of that. So I had a kind of a ritual cleansing in 2016. But then it was when Diane did the Spiegel thing, the Schmiegel, I thought, oh, God, another one. And then she had this vision of all of them coming up over the bank of my house from the river up over the bank. So then I did a ritual where I got a hoe, H-O-E, hoe, and I made a line in the sand holding an abalone shell that I had frankincense and sage. So I'm smoking that and I got a feather. So I'm smoking my property. I'm saging it, cedaring it. I'm doing frankincense and making a line in the sand all around the property. It's like enough, enough, enough. And this is all prep work. And then I began to talk with my friends who were going through a divorce and they would tell me one of them in particular would send me voicemails from when she was out walking and she'd say this is what's going on I feel confused I feel crazy and then I would send back this is exactly what's going on you're being gaslighted this is what's happening so I had all of this stuff going on one began to work with Sandra Brown 
and went to those. Then I met Sandra Brown. Then I got George Simon's book in sheep's clothing. And suddenly I began to put all this together. Now I knew the work about empath sensitive people, but here was the missing piece. You can learn everything about being a sensitive person, but man, if you do not know how these energy vampires target you, I like to say, you haven't been chosen, you've been targeted. And what happens is if you've got an unhealed part of you that has never been loved, that energy vampire is going to, oh my God, there's a ripe one. I can, and because you have those super traits, they can get you to work on their behalf and they can guilt you into thinking you haven't done enough for them. Oh, I think it's time for us to do another podcast together. And, you know, what have you done for me lately? And then there you are and you're trying to please them, but it's never enough. And so I even had one where I was on Oprah. I mentioned her name. She called me. She was furious. Why? Because I couldn't get her on Oprah. I tried. I sent Oprah people to one of her venues, one of Oprah's producers. This is great work, please. Here's the truth. You can't make it happen for someone. A good gauge. Yeah. Just because this happened to me yesterday is like, so something happens. Yeah. And you feel crazy. Yeah. Or confused. Yeah. And maybe you're a little sick to your stomach. Would be to ask yourself, would I ever do that? Right. And then if the answer is no, you're probably dealing with an energy vampire. That I is, mean, that's a pretty no, easy gauge, right? It, the other thing you need, though, you need to have one or two friends. Yes. Because here's what happens. I did. Because, I, I reached out immediately to somebody and I was yeah, like, you know, am I, I crazy? feel really sick to my stomach. There's just what happened. And she was like, my friend was like, yeah. are you kidding me? That's right. She just like went crazy. She was like, I am handling this. That's it. No, that's what you, that's what Mike, you. And Mike, of course, did the same thing. He was like, you, I'll take her out. That's <laughs> right. Like, okay, no, you don't need to take her out. No, it's a, that's what we need. Was, we need support reality for check. our own reality. Because like I told you, they're incredibly good at creating a reality that seems plausible. Oh, yeah. and the other thing, we are so willing to look at our stuff. You know, we're willing to take a course. We're willing to work on hydrating our fascia. We're always improving. We're always looking at something that we can improve. They're happy to tell you all the reasons you're not enough. They keep putting the bar higher and higher. So anyway, what happened, Mike, is I got rid of all the pictures and I did the burning and I did the water ceremony. Is, I mean, this is amazing. And I like, got on stage. This is, this in, is amazing. I got on the stage. It was a full moon in Pisces for a Hay House event. And I just went off and I told this whole story because I then came to what realize, was your topic? Well, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I don't know, but, but what I do if know. If you guys haven't seen Dr. Christiane Northrup speak should, in the last couple of years, you should, should definitely, definitely make go to that anything a priority. It's really quite fun. It has been completely uncensored, <laughs> whatever's on top of her mind in that moment. And it, it gets good. Yeah. So, so then I did that. And then the World Summit was coming up for Hay House. And I thought, damn it, someone has to talk about this. And so I just created a, a lecture and I had Robert Holden interview me. And it turned out to be the number one most listened to lecture in the whole Hay House World Summit. That's over 100 speakers you're, you're from all over the world. Because I was talking about dodging energy vampires. And number one thing... And then Reed, president of Hay House, says, 
you know, could you write a book on this subject? I go, you bet I could. Then, now this was interesting. So all the powers that be, the editors and all that at Hay House said, oh, you can't use the word energy vampires in the title. It's got to be empaths. It's got to be all that. Because see, that we want everything to be good. We don't want to go negative. God forbid we should go negative. And finally, Reed, God bless him, said, I think you're overthinking this, talking to the editorial staff. I do you're love over, Reed. You're overthinking it. He said, this is the topic that is moving the needle. Yeah. Let's do it. Right. Because this is what you called your summit. That's what talk. I called so the summit. That's what the it. book is. And, and it people names, talk about energy vampires. Well, it names something that your audience, my audience, the Hay House audience has experienced. But like with all my work, very few people have named it. Right. So I'm naming something that everyone has experienced, but they didn't have the words for. And it takes some courage to finally name it. And then, you know, outing myself because you were a victim of this person because I was asleep. Yeah. I was asleep. Yeah. So can I, I want to expand on this as well, because just, I just have a question for you regarding how do you, because this is like, this affected our relationship you know, you and me. Yeah. And like in 2014 with this person that we've been talking about a little bit, I told you that this was a problem. Right? Yes. And you didn't listen to me. Correct. So like, and then I was like, as Cheryl Richardson says, I'm an eight on the Enneagram scale and either I'm in or I'm out. Yeah. And like, if you do something like in the circle, because now I'm married to your daughter. And so it like, it puts my guard up big time. Of course, you know, for like the two of you, the two of us. So right. until this, like I would say this year, like I feel much better about the situation, but <laughs> you know, and so how is it, like you said, have people in your life to be able to do this? Because I'm pretty sure I'm probably not the only person that warned you about this individual. So what happens if they don't listen? You know, like, good question. like I told you there was no, but then it affected us. Yeah. But the reality was like, why did it affect me? Because I kind of, in a, in a way, like, of course, I put the guard up because I'm protecting my daughter and I'm my grand or your granddaughter, my daughter and your this whoever these people are. <laughs> my daughter Penelope and my wife Kate. Like for me, that ended up like a massive guard went up. Was yeah. Just like so, like my guard went up big time for like protection of my daughter and my wife. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so. Because this individual continually was part of the life yeah. process. Yeah. And I knew it didn't make her feel good, Kate. And I knew, I, so for me, so like how in a relationship, if this is going on and you're telling somebody, you always hear the stories of like people saying, mm-hmm. I didn't want to right. tell my brother about the woman he was marrying or the sister about the guy he was marrying because yeah. I didn't want that to be awkward, but you knew it was going to end up bad. Just right? happened in This Is Us. Yes, that's correct. I mean, this episode is coming out late enough that I don't think I'm doing a spoiler. Oh, that's you know, good. Well, you're, not, you're not making Oh, wait, have you no, not? No, 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 don't. No, no, no. You haven't seen it yet. Not Never yet. mind. Not yet. Anyway, that's okay, but I will. This yeah. did just happen. Yeah. 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 But it happens. It happens in every family. It happens it a lot, right? In every so family. How do you... It's like as the if person that sees it, witnesses it, but the person... In someone that, else's like, life. That is correct. How do you... How do you like, what do you do? Well, because yeah. sometimes you, you just have to be ready to know the information when you're ready to know, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. However, you know, what I love about this, I love your fierce protection of my granddaughter and my daughter. I love that. I love that. Because I didn't experience that ever. I love that 
in you. And so the fact that we can, life is long and it's probably eternal. So what I like to say to people well, is... Well, it depends what you believe. No, I'm just Yeah, kidding. I understand. <laughs> it's true. But it's like, I believe, Mike, that I probably have had hundreds of lifetimes where I didn't get it. Uh, and this time mm, I finally... It was time. It was time to get it. My brother married someone the first time around and my mother knew how it was going to end up. Oh. And so here's what she said. I just told him once and then I just had to let it go. So I think that we need to tell them once. And then this is like Dr. Shafali, where she says, you've got to let your kid, she was talking about middle school wounding and the way they get lost and they lose themselves. She said, that's part of life. You got to watch them get lost and there's nothing you can do about it. So you have to, it's so hard, but you have to trust their soul and i really believe that you if have you, to trust their soul you have to trust yeah. their soul and if you so hold the most compassionate thing we can do is we can as empaths because we hold so much light there's a you know a new movie out wrinkle in time and that's the whole thing of the movie to fight the darkness you must be the light now i have gotten a lot out of my vampire relationships. They have taught me things that Mm -hmm. I couldn't have learned any other way. Yeah. But I don't need to stay there and keep donating my energy. And because I miss red flags or I see red flags, but I've made excuses for them. See, I'm now at a place where I would ask you, what do you think? Or I ask Diane. And here's what I've said to Diane. I said, let me tell you something. It's not okay for you three years later to say to me, oh, I knew that the minute you met them. I said, that's chicken shit. Okay. (laughs) You've got to tell me right right off at the beginning. And I have lived long enough to know that you're right. I've never seen you be. She is right. I've never seen you be wrong about anybody. So therefore, tell me now. And I'm not going to land on you. I will thank you. Right. So I'm, you know, because I and give you're people, saying that at this moment in time, at this moment because, in time, but also, I do love but, the, oh, let ahead. me say I am because you're now at a place that you're like, oh, you're like, OK, now I'm open to actually healing this. Well, piece you, she of, right? really seen the pattern. Like, oh, my the God. Pattern yeah. Is, I mean, you wrote a book about healed. it. You've talked about. It, so, yeah. OK. Yeah. I've seen the pattern. And and this is, I think, very important the lost pieces of me yeah the unlovable little girl whatever it's been healed i've been her mother i've grown her up so i'm happier than i've ever been in my life i don't need you know a date on every saturday night i'm thrilled when oh wow what's new on netflix or if i go skiing somewhere whatever it's incredibly exciting to be where i am now it's like, this is a place that I've wanted to get my whole life, to be yeah. happier than I've ever been in my life. More complete. Yeah. And then how, which we can move into the kind of this piece now, because yeah. I knew it was going. So it's not like you, you just can't prevent this from happening, right? It's going to happen in your in, in everybody's life, no matter what. It is. Like, yeah, right? yeah, because so there's just, a lot of these there's people. There's a lot of them, which we just explained. Yeah, 20%. So is it something that you are, or like that people are listening that have healed this themselves is to have those support people in place that's just like this is a problem at this moment in time to really call it out like you just said to told diane 
or is it something different the way you're leading your trajectory of your life where or is it because you healed this little girl piece that you believe is saying okay well there's going to be energy vampires that come into my life but now i'll notice it quicker like since you started doing this work recently over the past couple of years for yourself have you started to notice like much faster oh instead of like within within uh, within minutes in fact so i one of the things one of the exercises that i say to people is list the vampires because they're going to come up they'll come right into your head Mm -hmm. and then list how many years you were friends with the person and what i've noticed is i list the vampires from the past from the past okay how long you were in relationship with them Mm -hmm. so you know i have a friend from childhood so we're talking you know like 55 years on that one and then another one 24 another one 12 what you'll notice it's the same doll different dress but each time you notice it quicker. So I have a timeline where, you know, it's gone decades and then it's been 12 years, then it's been three years, then it's been, you know, to now it's like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that every empath who does that, every single one of us who does that and understands the strength of our light, the strength of our light and doesn't give away our life energy anymore, we're healing the planet. I really know that to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what your belief system is, mm-hmm. one thought could be that these people are here to actually empower the light workers to get stronger yeah. so that they're sort of angels, you know, dark angels coming Which, in yeah. to teach us Absolutely. how to set good boundaries and how to be protectors of the light. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, look I at agree. Donald Trump, right? Just the great That's example what for the entire country. Is doing. Like, it's that healing. is what he's doing. Yep. I'm with you. I, and I look at, I watch the Gloria Allred uh, Netflix. Oh, oh yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my God. So this What's woman. What's it called again? It's called Allred. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. And she says, the fight's just beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so if we had had Hillary Clinton, you think that women would be and men no. galvanized like no. this? No, I would have been like, okay, great. She's got it. Yeah, right. No. So, okay. So to wrap up, mm-hmm. this has been fascinating. <laughs> I would like to know. Okay. So you have found you're listening to this and now you're horrified because you're that's, like, that's true oh, though. Shit. <laughs> it is true. I am married to right. this person. Oh, yeah. This oh, person yeah. is my mother. Right. This is my sister. Yep. This is my boss. This is my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, or husband, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I gave all female examples, but obviously there are men too. What do you Someone in your life? It's someone in your life. Now, obviously if it's a friend, it's complicated, but you can work it out. But like, what if you're related to them? Okay. Chances are very good. You're going to be. All right. So let's yeah. just, let's just put that out there. One. What? I, I just interviewed my old boss from Philip Morris and she was just like, I just cut the people out of my life. Like it was her relative. She's like, they're out. Yeah, we okay. have it's just like I'm done. No, no but let me just like, tell you, that, she's like sixty. She goes, that's amazing. I'm almost sixty. Like we're done. No, I don't need to put up this anymore. Actually, that's yeah. what we would call a plus. That's best case scenario. Yeah. So that's a woman oh, that's who's cool. very clear in and of herself. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. But first, you need to know who you're dealing with, and I think that's mm. what the book is about. Yeah, know who you're dealing with. Number one, two manage by know who you're dealing with do you mean like the person jane like the energy vampire like know how that person actually is no know that this is who they are these are the manipulative tactics 
So like Jane, I'm just going to use Jane. I don't know mm-hmm. who Jane is. Sorry if your name's Jane. I'm not really picking on you. But like Jane in my life is my sister and she's an energy. I notice every time I talk to her, I get mad and I. Or you fall asleep. Oh, okay. That's the All other right. thing, you know, like you my have them over to Jane. dinner. Her Katie, so just for you guys. Yeah, right. She's not an energy. She's not empire. an energy. No, empire. but notice. Okay. The first thing to do, you've got to tune into your body. Does this person make you feel better? Or do they make you feel crazy? Or exhausted. Or exhausted. So know what you're dealing with and name it. Now, number two, understand that you're going to feel guilty. This is the tactic they use. Make you feel guilty. Perfect tactic. Three, you go, <laughs> you know, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> then you need to have a reality check. Somebody you can call, you know, who says, yeah, this is what's going on. Somebody with really good boundaries. Yeah, The most important thing you can do when you can't get away from them is be a gray rock. So this is how that works. They are counting on you for energy. So if you're upset and you're shrieking or you're crying, that's giving them energy. If you're trying to make them feel bad or good, that's giving them energy. Some of them operate by getting sick all the time. This is known in medicine, the worst cases of it are called Munchausen syndrome, where somebody will actually have surgery after surgery, illness after illness. Oh, and you're about to leave and they get diagnosed with cancer. Oh my God, what am I going to do? So I want to say, handle this now because chances are very good. They're going to keep upping the ante to get your energy. Like I knew with one of these people I was involved with, he'd be ending up in a wheelchair and I'd be pushing him around for the rest of my life, the rate it was going. So gray rock is, you just literally pretend you're a gray rock. They come in and you don't give them anything. Or like you're dressed in a really ugly gray frock of some kind. So you literally do gray rock and then you have rock solid boundaries. I want to give you a phrase that'll help you. And when they ask you to do something, because we all, you know, it's like, oh, yes, you know, you got, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Now, or if you're really skilled, you go, can't, simply can't. And then when they keep coming back, because they will, you do broken record. I simply can't. I simply can't. Sorry, simply can't then you have to have a way to deal with your guilt, which will not be, it'll be like oftentimes intergenerational. I had a woman write to me, Irish Catholic. She said, my whole life has been about guilt. My whole life. That's how my family gets me to do things. If you (laughs) loved me, you know. So please understand that we're talking about intergenerational patterns here. So every one of you that gets out, you will be called selfish. You will be called self-centered. Then there's another thing that I want to just, we do have to mention. The minute you start taking care of you, like self-care, meaning you can put yourself, you know, humility doesn't mean it's humility. There's some phrase that it isn't about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking about yourself less. Yeah. Yeah. That's humility. So every empath I've ever met, starts to read this material and then they go oh my god what if i'm an energy vampire they all say that no energy vampire ever says that they I, never I worry did not about read it. this book and think i was an energy vampire. i'm sure you did i'm clear i'm not that's right but because i've known so many but i would say <laughs> well, yeah. i mean no you know. but you're right because we are willing to look at ourselves yes 
For sure. Yeah. The only way you could possibly be draining the family's energy if you develop a persona called martyr, long-suffering martyr. That is exhausting. It's exhausting for everyone, but it's not exactly. It's not exactly an, an energy no, vampire. No, it's not. No. Okay. So you've identified who you're working with. Yes. Then what? You manage your super traits. You manage your resourcefulness. You notice yourself. Oh, God. Maybe they could do this. Or I just found this new therapy. Maybe they could read this book. Manage that and stop. And stop. I don't need to do that for them. Yeah. You're not their higher power. Number three, you're not their higher power. They have their own. All right. Four, get help from someone who understands the dynamic. And that would be a therapist who understands narcissism. And this is only now becoming part of mental health therapy. Okay, so you need someone who understands the dynamic. And there are more and more people understanding the dynamic. Great. Yep. Those are Hmm. very practical steps. Okay. It is really good. Yeah. Do you have any other questions, hon? No, good work, Chris. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. This is awesome. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been finding myself recommending it left and right. So, you know, it's being sold anywhere books are sold. That's right. Right. Is there a specific place people should go? Right now, Amazon, but, um, you know, wherever. Yeah. Wherever. Just go get it. You got it. Dodging DrNorthrop.com. It's an audio as well. Yes. The audio is available. Mm -hmm. The audio is available. And then also the written version, obviously. And, you know, this is going to be one of the most healing things you can do. It is is reading this book and weeding through. I mean, I can't think of, you know, think about, so our energy is really all we have. Yeah. And it is epidemic, the number of women, especially, but men as well, who are exhausted and can't find the time or energy to do the things that actually light them up and they can't get out of their own way. And I would imagine for many, it is because someone is sucking it out of them. And if they could plug that leak and get that person, you know, off the umbilical cord, then you would find you have a lot more energy for your own health and vitality and well-being. But it won't happen unless you fix this, you evade this relationship. That's right. Now, notice the words dodging and evading. Right. You do mm. not fight these people. Right. If you fight, you're giving them your energy. It's, and like they, a, it's sort of like Aikido. They would rather die fighting than admit they're wrong. So please understand that. They're just going to die fighting. Hmm. So don't fight. Good. Yeah. And I would just say from the, you know, kind of what I shared earlier regarding this person that we mm-hmm. had this interaction with. Right. And but since you've started doing this work, I've noticed from just, you know, being married to Kate, we, you know, her and I talk about life because that's what we do. But we just never like, talk. I, you're, <laughs> I know from, <laughs> from her perspective as your daughter, like there's been inner stuff that's been healed there a lot, you know, and yeah. she has a much better relationship with you. You have a much better relationship with her, Annie, the same way, your other daughter, like you just seem much happier. So I know the people in your life are off putting off that. And like your energy is actually uplifting people to a certain degree instead of kind of bringing people down. Right. And so when you're healing these pieces inside of ourselves, like that's definitely just something that I've noticed. And even for us, like us too. And Penelope's always been there. You know, she's always been the one that's bringing the light up. Right. So always, (laughs) but for us, it's just been a much the way you're carrying yourself since you started working on this work to like, 
find you know heal that little girl inside of you so great thanks. yeah so that's thanks. just been an Appreciate observation that. that's taken place in the last couple of years yeah it's totally true great love it you have become quite a bit lighter yes mm-hmm. yeah. indeed and so may we all become lighter through dodging energy vampires so thanks mom thank this you was great. thank you all right thanks ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you mike and i want to share our top five tools for making a life not just a living to learn what they are go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools see you on the next episode